Hey guys, it's Keon, and today I'm going to give you my recap on UFC on ESPN 12, which was headlined by Dustin Poirier and Dan Hooker. So if you haven't seen it by now, um, lots of spoilers, first of all, so don't listen or watch this. But uh, the, he- uh, the main event, the headliner between Dustin Poirier and Dan Hooker was really good. A lot of people are saying it's fight of the year. I, I disagree big time. <laughs> I, I still think the fight of the year is uh, Yoani Yanjacek and Zhang Weili. Those are, that, that was the best fight of the year so far still. Um, and honestly, like for me, it was just, it was just the second round that was pretty good. Uh, the rest of the fight, it was okay. You know, the second round was crazy. They were just throwing shots that any other guy who were standing who was standing in front of that would have went down for sure. But yeah, um, it wasn't the greatest fight in my opinion. I think a lot of people are hyping it up to be like one of the best of the year. I don't think so. It w- I think it was really good, but you know, I-, I can't constitute one round to make a good fight. That's just me in my opinion, though. Um, but yeah, this fight was really close. It was really good in the second round. Um, for me, I had it. Rounds one and two for Dan Hooker, and then round three, rounds three and four, it went to Dustin Poirier, and then round five went to Dustin Poirier as well. I actually watched this fight twice because it was re- that close. I had no idea when I was watching it in the moment. I was just amazed that uh, these guys were throwing the shots that they were throwing. So I wasn't really paying attention on or keeping track on the score, but I watched it again and. I would I would give it to Dustin Poirier. I think uh, for me, it was very uh, similar to the Paul Felder fight, in where I thought Paul Felder edged it, and then Dan Hooker won it, and then the same thing kind of happened again, where his opponent won, and then Dan Hooker. It looked like Dan Hooker could have won it again, but he lost this time, which is crazy because remember that stat? I think it was Ariel Hawani brought up where any fighter that Paul Felder loses to their next fight they lose to like what the heck that's a crazy that's a crazy stat you know it just shows you that Paul Felder man he's not a tough he's not an easy opponent he's gonna bring you to the doghouse is that a saying I don't know I'm sorry if I if I use that uh incorrectly but um yeah this fight was good very close uh Poirier edged out the decision. I feel bad for Dan Hooker, man, because this guy is always getting so close to the top, but he's just, he can't, you know? And like, it's not even because he's bad. It's because this division is so good, you know? So I understand like, um, it, it's hard to be a lightweight right now. You know, it's like one of the best divisions of all time in the UFC, but um, I hope he, he comes back. I think a good fight for him to come back for who, Honestly, I like a Gregor Gillespie versus Dan Hooker. That's a good fight, man. But um, they would probably give him somewhere, someone, uh, <laughs> someone greater than uh, Gregor Gillespie, in my opinion. Um, we'll see. <laughs> you, I remember he was asking for Connor. Yeah, not gonna happen after that. Uh, Dustin Poirier, on the other hand, he he has a good chance on getting Connor if he if he wants that fight. Obviously, that's a great fight to take for the money, but uh, it's different. It's different in the quarantine era, man, uh, with Conor McGregor, because a lot of the income, revenue, all that stuff is coming from the crowd, you know? I I feel like the UFC is really holding him back because of that, so 
I, I don't see Connor fighting uh, anytime during the quarantine pandemic period. But uh, Dustin Poirier, I could see him fight. Um, man, I don't know. That's going to be a hard one. Either Connor or Tony Ferguson. I think those are my two picks. Tony Ferguson would be a good fight, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, good win by uh, Dustin Poirier. Just edged it out and uh, solid fight. If I was to like uh, give that a rating, that fight itself, I would probably give it like a 8 out of 10. You know, like, see, that that's the thing. Like, there's people saying 10 out of 10. Like, I, I disagree. I'm sorry. It's just, it wasn't that great, you know? I, I don't like when people blow fights out of proportion because of the card, you know? Because I'll be honest, like, this card was good. It, it, it just, it didn't have that many exciting moments, you know? Um, so when a fight like this happens, where it just, like, they're going back and forth, that excites the crowd. I, it, it, it really reminds me of the Israel Adesanya versus Anderson Silva fight. Like, the card was not doing good, but because there was that one glimmer of hope, people took it and ran with it big time. That's just my thought on it, but I understand if people consider those fights really good, so I can't blame them. Uh, in the co-main event, it was Mike Perry versus Mickey Gall. He defeated Mickey Gall by unanimous decision. And man, he looked really impressive, man. <laughs> man, man, man. Yeah, he looked really good in this fight. He was beating Mickey Gall everywhere from the stand-up to the ground. And you you could just tell, man, Mike Perry had more experience than Mickey Gall, you know? Um, I, I know Mickey Gall has a huge name because he beat CM Punk now. I think that was that was a blessing and a detriment to Mickey Gall's career for him to kind of enter the UFC with that CM Punk win because now he's such a big name, but now you expect him to perform as a big name now. Like we have to remember he's, he started like a couple years back. He's still new to the sport. So um, I feel bad for him on that part but Mike Perry man Mike Perry he came back from a two-fight losing streak and he looked really good in this fight and what's even more impressive was everyone was talking about this uh obviously but what was really impressive was how his only corner was his girlfriend uh what was her name again Latori 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 Gonzalez um yeah, man. After this fight happened and Mike Perry won, all I was thinking was, man, Mickey Gall's corner are the biggest losers of the night. Like, um, man, it, it just it feels. I know um, Chael Sonnen. He was talking about how all these corner men they're gone. Like, I don't think that that's the truth. But man, Mickey Gall's corner, like they have to take some sort of defeat from this because I don't know, man, just to have like an entire corner compared to just one girlfriend and then the guy wins the fight. It's ah, that was a bad look, in my opinion. But uh, good for Mike Perry and his girlfriend, man. Like uh, they proved a lot of people wrong. A lot of people were laughing at him prior to this fight because of this decision. Honestly, like I didn't care, like especially for a fighter like Mike Perry. I know Mike Perry just likes to fight. You know, he doesn't really he doesn't go in there for a game plan. So when you see a fighter say, my girlfriend's going to be the only person in my corner, that's fine. Because first of all, she didn't really do that much if you paid attention. And it was kind of funny when they were, the camera was on them because like she was saying nothing. She's just putting the bag of ice on like his neck. And then sometimes she, like he would tell her where to put it and everything, you know. So I was just dying of laughter because it was just like, man, this is a first 
in MMA history. And I think um, Mike Perry knew that. He's like, man, this is this makes for a great entertainment, you know? And that's why I love Mike Perry. Mike Perry does these things, and sometimes they don't work in his favor, but when they do, it's just it's monumental like this. Not monumental, but you know what I mean. Uh, in the other fights, I'll talk about the other fights on the main event. Maurice Green versus Gian Vellante. So, first of all, when I saw Gian Vellante, I did not recognize this man. This guy, had he was one of the most jacked guys on the UFC roster. And if you saw him in this fight against Maurice Green, I think it, he moved up to heavyweight. I, I don't think it was his first time at heavyweight, but he moved back up to heavyweight. And, man, he did not look... He looked so different, man. When I saw this guy, I was like, I can't believe this is Gian Vellante. And uh, Maurice Green, he defeated him. He defeated him in the third round, but it was a pretty close uh, fight in the first two rounds. They were just standing in front of each other. Uh, Maurice Green most likely won the first two rounds because Gian Vellante just didn't do anything. He was just standing there and waiting for the big punch to come his way. Um, or for him to throw the big punch, and uh, it finally came in the third round. He almost knocked Maurice Green out, and the fight looked really close to ending, but then Maurice Green went off his back. He secured an arm triangle choke, and it was the weirdest arm triangle choke I've seen ever, because he was off his back, and you know how usually for a triangle choke, you have to, like, once you secure it, you you have to, like, go on the entire... I, I, I'm sorry that I'm trying to explain this because I have no right to explain this. But you know how you try to like go to the entire other side of the person so then you could torque on it really well? I'm showing this on my video feed, but I hope it really translates to the audio feed. Maybe not. But basically, Maurice Green, he was on the bottom doing this and he wasn't even on the entire side, you know, like his leg, he caught, he had, um, John's leg caught, you know, and usually from a position like that, people won't tap because it's not that tight, but I feel like due to exhaustion from John Volante's part. And also it was just, it was one of those positions that, you can't get that much air from, so I feel like he suffocated for a bit, so he was just like, okay, I gotta tap out. Um, regardless, it was weird, man. Even me trying to explain it was weird. That's that's how you know it, it, it was a weird submission, but he got it, and good for Maurice Green, man, because he was like so emotional after. He's like, man, I feel like a huge weight is lifted off my shoulders, so I'm proud that he got that win, man. Uh, Brandon Allen versus Kyle Dawkins. That was a pretty good fight. These guys were are really good grapplers, man. They were reversing each other left and right. It was pretty close. It could have went to Kyle Dawkins, in my opinion, but uh, it went to Brendan Allen. The third round was all Kyle Dawkins, so that's why I was like, okay, it could possibly go to Kyle. The second round was even, so I don't know. Like I, I'm okay with the decision. I think it was fine. A 30-27 is pushing it. Someone gave him a 30-27. Um, Takashi Sato, man, damn. What a knockout. That was a crazy knockout. 48 seconds into the first round. Um, I'm excited, man. Like, we need 
I, I want some more Japanese names, especially because I've been doing so many re- so much research on Japanese fighters recently for Pride and all that. I feel like that's what the UFC is missing, like an Asian, an Asian superstar. You know, like I know we got like uh, we got Korean Zombie, um, but see, like there's not that many, man. Like I, I feel like we need to get they they need to get more we need to get like i'm part of the ufc they need to get more uh fighters from one fc if they could find a way to do that great because um takashi sato man exciting out of japan and 48 seconds man that's impressive so i'm gonna keep a lookout onto takashi sato uh julian arosa versus sean woodson he was the biggest undercard, <laughs> undercard, underdog of the fight, and he, uh, Julian Erosa was, and he defeated Sean Woodson by a Darce choke in the third round, and it was a pretty competitive fight actually. Like between rounds one and two, um, Julian was kept pushing forward. Sean was connecting with his shots, this and that, but Sean was slowing down in the third round, and then eventually it led to the Darce choke. Really impressive win by Julian Erosa. I think he stepped up stepped up on short notice to take that fight too so very impressive um quick look at the prelims uh Kama Worthy defeated Luis Pena uh by guillotine choke that was a pretty competitive fight and then Kama Worthy secured that guillotine choke really really good because he was the underdog as well so shout out uh Tanner Bozer oh man shout out to my Canadian guy man these Canadians just are coming out of nowhere I remember I was complaining like probably a month ago I'm like where are the Canadian fighters Tanner Bozer, man, just knocked the F out of uh, Felipe, Philip Linz, Felipe Linz. He knocked him out in the first round with like, oh, the, the, the hardest of punches, man. Did he get a, I wonder if he got a uh, bonus for that. I hope he did because it was a dirty knockout. So looking forward to Tanner Bozer. I hope he, I hope we have, he, he comes up. I'm, I'm really supporting all these fighters right now. Tanner Bozer uh jillian robertson oh who was the last barrio mark mark andre barrio you guys please please do it i believe in you um k hansen uh versus jin yu frey submission armbar oh yeah in the third round that's what happened k hansen actually exciting prospect in the women's strawweight division she i wonder how old she is i think she's pretty young too so she's 20 years old holy shit that's crazy so, like, 20 years old, you're submitting people in the UFC already. Crazy. Uh, it was a nice arm bar, too. I, the way that Jin Frey like, uh, tapped it, like, it was so calm. She was just like, ah, oh, shit, she got me. So, she just tapped it, and then there it was. Kay Hansen. I'm looking forward to her future fights. And then uh, Yusuf Zalal defeated Jordan uh, Griffin in the first fight of the night. Um... I, I'm not gonna lie. I can't. I don't remember that much from that fight. <laughs> it was. I think it was just like it was just a solid performance by Yusef. But you can't take my word for that. But yeah, that was the card for uh, the ESPN uh, Poirier versus Hooker. I think ESPN on, on twelve. That that's what it was. But yeah, that was the card. And uh, what would I rate it? My rating for this event would probably be like a six. Man, honestly, yeah, it wasn't that great in my opinion. Like, a 6 out of 10 is fine. Um, there were some highlights here and there. But, uh, yeah, like a, like a 6 high 5. Honestly, it wasn't anything special in my opinion. 
Uh, I'm very excited for next week's card. It's UFC 251 Usman vs. Burns and a whole lot of other fights as well. So I look forward to that episode. Uh, so yeah, subscribe to uh, the Keon Kamora podcast. Please do that if you haven't done it already. And please leave a review, five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you listen to that on there. And as always, shout out to the Patreon members if you're watching this. Yes, you did it. You're watching it. You're not just listening to it. Shout out to you and all the continued support you guys give me. That's all I have for this recap, so I'll catch you in my next one. Bye-bye.